I would just encourage people like you, we all have stuff that's valuable. We all can help and, and teach and inspire. So use your voice. Don't, don't silence yourself. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we're celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Thanks for tuning in to episode five. I am so happy to be here pushing further along in this journey of a podcast. My guest today is a gentleman named Alex Levy, who I would consider a friend and an inspiration. I met Alex through mutual connections as we were both out in the world sharing our practice. Alex is an oracle deck creator, spiritual life coach, and a teacher of intuition. He left the world of musical theater for the mysterious world of intuition, healers, and spirituality, and he's now really blended a system of his own. BuzzFeed featured Alex as one of the seven male oracle card readers who are keeping Instagram woke AF. He's definitely in good company on that list, if I do say so myself. He's also been featured in Kindred Spirits Magazine, Unity Online Radio, and his new podcast, The Spirit Guided Life, which is now airing tomorrow, October 3rd. Alex's goal is to encourage empaths, spiritual rebels, seekers, and light workers to step into their power of wholeness and ultimate potential. In this episode, I got to talk to Alex about how he literally stumbled into mediumship, the different ways that he taps into spiritual energy, and how he is now teaching others to do the same. If you haven't already, go grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee and get comfortable, because here's my conversation with Alex Levy. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Alex. How are you? I am well, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I'm so excited to, to be here with you. Good, good. I'm so excited to have you. So why don't we start off the show with you telling people who you are, what you do, what's your thing? So I'm an intuitive coach and uh, intuitive reader, and uh, I have been doing this for a couple years now, and I work with my Oracle deck, the Spirit Guided Oracle, and I also do workshops and classes with people, and then I work one-on-one, helping people to really connect back to their own intuition and encouraging, enlightening the way for people to step into their own uh, potential. I love that. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Uh, So you mentioned that you have an Oracle deck. Tell me about that because I've seen it and I know what it looks like, but tell people about the Spirit Guided Oracle and how that came into the world. Thank you. So the Spirit Guided Oracle came out in March of this year, 2019, and it was really a three years in the making project. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. Yeah. It was just an, a really awesome process, though. Something that I didn't really rush. Obviously, it took three years. <laughs> but it's a, an oracle that I feel is suited for beginners to readers, professional readers. And it's just a, a really good building block deck, I believe, to help people connect easily to their intuition. It's pretty exciting. And uh, I work with an amazing artist. Her name's Nicole Cutts. She's based out of Los Angeles. And she really infused all the imagery of the messages that I channeled. And she channeled the artwork actually through Reiki. And uh, that's she 
created all the the pictures. So that's so interesting that you say that because I actually didn't know that. And um, knowing the artwork and now knowing that it was channeled through Reiki, it makes that makes so much sense because it has that very energetic. It just like glows with light. So I I totally get that. It's really interesting. I didn't even realize that she did that until halfway through. She told me. I thought, that's so cool. Like, yeah. What inspired the Spirit Guided Oracle? I know you said it was a long process. So obviously there was like a lot of work and thought that went into it. But what was like the initial inspiration for you doing that? The initial inspiration was that I got a huge download a major download. Um, and it was so big that it actually woke me up out of bed. And my guidance was so loud that night. I'll never forget it. And I immediately woke up, I grabbed a notebook and I just started writing. And the way the download came to me was I was seeing the cards in my mind and I was seeing what they were called. I was, I was seeing the messages. So I think that first night I wrote down, I think six cards came to me. And then over the course of two weeks, I, I wrote out the rest of the deck, but it, it just kind of came. I didn't like force it. There was nothing like I was like, okay, this is this is going to be this card. It was all very spirit guided how it came to me. And I had never thought of, it wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't like manifesting. I'm going to make a deck. I had no clue. It was the scariest thing. And I just was like, I have to do something with this. And um, so that's kind of why it took so long because I didn't know it, what I was doing. So you didn't even know when you were getting like these images that they were necessarily going to be cards? Is that what you're saying? I knew they were going to be cards, but prior to that, I had no, it was not on my radar. I had no intention of doing this. It totally was just serendipitous how it happened. That is so cool. I, as an Oracle deck creator, like I can tell you that sounds so much I'm sure you're probably not going to agree, but it sounds so much easier than the process of like, okay, this is my theme. This is what I want. Like the planning process of Oracle decks is so difficult. And I'm a little jealous that your guides were like, here you go. No, you don't have to think about it too hard. We're just going to give it to you. That is so cool. Well, now I'm like, well, how am I going to do deck two? Because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, how do I live up to that? Right. I'm sure if you asked, I have a feeling that yeah. uh, the universe would respond. You're right. <laughs> so uh, I really love that you say that it was downloaded because that's a phrase that I use personally a lot. But for people who aren't listening, would you mind talking a little bit about how your intuition works for you and like how you connect to spirit? So when I mean downloaded, I, I mean like, massive kind of like visions, I guess you could say. Um, but that's not always, in fact, that's pretty rare. I, I would say of how I receive intuition, intuitive guidance, usually my intuition is very subtle and it speaks to me in kind of a quieter, more elevated voice of myself. So that's how my intuition usually talks. And it gives insight. It gives me guidance. Sometimes it speaks to me through um, visual imagery. I'm very, I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my um, intuition comes to me visually in my mind's eye. And usually though, it's just that gut feeling, that deep kind of inner knowing that when you can get really quiet, you can just tune in and just feel it like in the core of you. You feel like, yes, that's what I should be doing or no, or, you know, maybe I should try this. 
So it fluctuates and changes depending on what my outside world is looking like. So mm. I know that you and I have talked about this one-on-one before, but so you kind of don't stick with one specific Claire or like connection to spirit. You kind of weave in and out of all of them. I do. And, and I always try and encourage people um, in my workshops to not define yourself by Claire, because I think by, by doing so, you're just limiting yourself. I think when you just say, I'm just clairvoyant, you're, for instance, you're shutting down all those other faculties and you're saying, well, I'm not going to receive messages clairaudiently. I'm not going to subconsciously, you're tell, you're, you're doing that. So if spirit and your guides are trying to give you information and they can't get it through you in a clairvoyant manner, because perhaps what they're trying to give you is not within your frame of reference. So they're like, okay, well, I'm going to make this a clairaudient nudge, but this person doesn't has kind of shut that down. You're not going to get a message. So I I would encourage people to strengthen all of the clairs because they are like little muscles. And of course, we're going to have one that's naturally primary or dominant, like for right. me, clairvoyance because I am visual. But um, I don't limit myself and I stay open. So how the guidance wants to come through is it's up to the, the universe. It's this intuition. It's like this this universal intelligence. So. Uh, I'm not going to limit how it's going to come to me. That is so smart. And I can tell you that the one time you had mentioned that to me, you said something similar, you know, like don't limit yourself or don't put yourself in a box. And ever since just that one statement, I personally have been trying harder to not say, oh, well, I don't hear or I don't see certain things, you know, and I noticed that in my readings that's changed. So thank you for oh, God. like dropping that in my space. You're definitely a good teacher. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but speaking of what kind of, you've mentioned workshops kind of more than once. What kind of workshops do you teach? So I have a program that's called Intuition Camp. And it takes you through the clairs on a journey really to understand how intuition works, what how to interpret the guidance you're getting, how to understand what it means to receive information clairaudiently or claircognizantly. And it goes through a journey, really through each clairs to help people ignite and open up their intuition more. Cool. And that's like a one-on-one class or how does that work? It's an online program and uh, it's six weeks. So wow. we go through six weeks of each clair in a, in a sequence that I've kind of, um, that spirit really gave to me. Uh, along with lessons and meditations to kind of amplify the lessons. I, I, my goal eventually is I would love to do this to have in-person experience with this because um, I love working online because pe- you can bring people together from all over and make really awesome connections, but there's something mm-hmm. really magical about being in-person, the energy uh, and an in-person workshop. So that is my goal for, um, for, for what's to come. Well, if you ever have an intuition camp retreat, sign me up. Yes. I will be there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so you do other events too, which is actually how I know you um, yeah. through like people you've done events with. You do mediumship, right? Live mediumship events sometimes. I do. I do. Messages from spirit. So they're, um, these are really, these are fun. I love doing them. So what, what, what a message from spirit event is, is um, it's a people who have really have a longing to connect with a departed loved one, 
come in a group setting. It can be a small group of like, you know, four to six or a big group of like up to 20 to 30 people. And as a medium, it's my goal to bring through messages that have, you know, to bring through messages from their loved ones and, mm-hmm. and bring, also bring evidence because a lot of people do mediumship work, but they're not necessarily bringing through the evidential information. So I try and bring the evidential information to not only connect the loved ones, but to show proof that these are, you know, that we really do live on that spirit, you know, there is the other side. So the messages from spirit events are really, really fun. And kind of what I was saying about what I want to do with the in-person intuition camp, the live feeling from a message gallery event is really electric. You can feel the spirit energy. You can feel so many spirit people coming together and the excitement that they have for the people in the audience. And for me, wanting to connect with them, vice versa, both ways. It's just really, it's a really awesome event. And a lot of healing can come from from one of these gallery or platform events. Yeah, I have quite a many friend or family member that have been to an event like that. And they always kind of go in skeptical. I think everybody does. Uh And then they leave with like tears in their eyes and tissues in their hands. They're just like this blubbering mess, even if their message or like the person they were hoping for didn't come through, but they got to witness like the healing for someone else. And I think even just that comfort of knowing there is a spirit on the other side and there is a life just gives them that comfort of, you know, I didn't talk to that person I wanted to, but I know that there's a space for them kind of thing. And you brought up a good point is in that sometimes if, if you, even if you don't get a message, oftentimes there's, there's a parallel between a message someone else is is receiving and how it can relate to one of your loved ones. Sometimes the similarities are so close. So there's still something that people can take away from that. Yeah. I've always really appreciated it for that aspect. And I always tell people that too, like, if you go, don't go with an expectation, just go with an open heart. Personally, I have actually haven't been to one and I really, I keep telling, um, I think you do them with Alyssa Wild sometimes, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, I keep mentioning like the next time that she's doing one or the next time you're nearby me where I can go, like I'm going. Cause I don't, I'm very skeptical about who I let in my space. So I'm excited the next time you're around to yeah. pop into one of those events. You have to come. So tell me how you got into that world. Like, how did you stumble across doing intuitive business and mediumship? And where did that start for you? So the intuitive stuff really started when I was uh, a kid. I I was 13 when I got my first deck of tarot cards. I was at a friend's house. We were hanging out one night and her sister, her bigger sister, pulled out a deck of cards, was like, you want a reading? I was like, yeah. And uh, she ended up giving me her deck after that. And after that, uh, I started just kind of diving into everything woo-woo. I would, I was fortunate that my parents were supportive and, you know, I would go to Barnes Noble, I would get good books, I started collecting decks. So yeah, it really started at a young age. But the mediumship work was kind of like the last thing to happen. I was pretty resistant to that. And, uh, but I kept getting so many signs that were like, you need to do this, take some classes, foster this. And then literally, I, it, I mean, it literally came to the point where I walked in front of a dead body. And I was like, that's the message I need to do. <laughs> like if it's, if it's taking spirit all of this time to tell me to do it, they literally had to 
make me bump into a dead body for me to realize, okay, uh, I should when you say bump into, yeah. like, like physically you bumped into yeah. somebody so, who had passed. Yes. So it's crazy. Uh, so I'm leaving my apartment one day. I have my, you know, my earbuds in, I'm listening to like a podcast or whatever, and I'm totally zoning out, walking down the hallway, getting ready to go in the elevator. And literally I bumped into, um, they were, must've been like from a funeral place. Cause they were taking out a body on a stretcher to go to the funeral home. And like quite literally I bumped into them. Like I did not know, um, I didn't even see it. Like, yeah, it was definitely startling. And, uh, yeah. And nothing, did something come through like spiritually or it was just like hey you were talking about being a medium and boom here like pay attention yes i mean i think i was even talking about like that week i think i was talking about wanting to take a class or like thinking i wanted to do it more because every now and then in readings you know a spirit would come through but i wasn't i feel like i wasn't getting it justice and i wasn't able to really mm-hmm. bring through the message and i was like eh, well if it happens it happens but then like well maybe i'll take a class and then it was like that week it was like boom I walked into a body on a stretcher, like literally. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to kind of focus on this and get serious about it. Yeah. I feel better, oddly enough, knowing that you bumped into someone that was already being taken care of as yes. opposed to like, oh, I tripped over somebody yeah. on the ground on the way into the elevator. That's right. where I thought it was going. And I was like, no. oh no, that's no. so scary. Okay. Well, yeah. good. Yes. Um, and you said that your parents were supportive of you, like just diving into that as a teenager. Yeah. I mean, they were really awesome. And, um, my parents always were, my mom is a, was a teacher for over 30 years, an art teacher. So I always kept, was brought up from a very creative artistic background. And I was always involved in theater and arts as a kid, which I believe really helped to foster intuition because it's balancing that left and right brain. Mm-hmm. So when, when I told them about, you know, when they found out about the cards, they were just like, okay, like it wasn't a big deal. I'm super fortunate because I know so many people, you know, really have to struggle with that, with, with their faith and their upbringing. But I'm, I'm very fortunate that that wasn't my experience. Yeah. Do you mind me asking, were you involved in any type of spiritual practice previous to that? Like, were you raised in any specific practice? Yeah. So I was brought up in um, a Reformed Jewish family. So I went to temple, I had a bar mitzvah, and we observe all the Jewish holidays, but it was very still kind of a relaxed atmosphere. I am so glad you just said that. Okay, wait. <laughs> this morning I said to myself, I, have, I really want to talk to somebody who was raised Jewish, and I have very few Jewish friends simply uh-huh. because of the area that I'm in. It's just not popular. And I don't think that I've asked you that before. And I was like, I'm going to ask him today. Do you mind me asking, so I know that there's the whole branch of Judaism with like Jewish mysticism. Yes. Do you find that any of that connects to your current practice or are you totally removed from the Jewish aspect of your upbringing? I'm, I'm pretty removed, but I, I mean, I'm more so identify socially, but the, the mysticism element has always intrigued me, even from when I remember... Shortly after I graduated high school, I think I was home from college one year, and I made an appointment to go see the rabbi of the congregation I used to go to. And I was like, I want to talk to him about Kabbalah. And I was just like, and I remember his look on his eyes. He was just like, whoa, like what? And he didn't really give me much advice. Um, that that was like back 
a long time ago before there was as much information as there was now. But so, yeah, there was always a little bit of Jewish mysticism that intrigued me. And um, funny enough is my mom always told me stories of my of her great grandfather who was from Lithuania. And he was known in the village as being like the mystic in the town. And he, the family always said that he had the power to take away like the evil eye. So I think there's that lineage in me that has always connected to the mysticism and Kabbalah. It's, it is fascinating, but it doesn't, it's not totally integrated in my, my current work. Okay. That makes sense. I've always kind of wanted to talk to someone who was raised Jewish and now does what you do simply because I know that on my perspective of what I do now, I do pull some things from the more mystic side of Christianity because that's the way that I was raised. And so it was easy for me to connect to, oh, this is similar to that. And this is similar to that. Like to have almost like a stepping stone to kind of base things off of, or to help me understand some of the more in-depth concepts of intuition. And so I've always just kind of wondered what the other other people with a different upbringing use. (laughs) Um, So it's really interesting. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about specifically was with mediumship, do you have a specific concept of what the other side looks like? Like, do you, um, when you speak to spirit or when you hear messages from spirit, do you hear that from like a heaven or just from a spirit realm? How would you say that you view that? Good question. If you if so, you have a way you do that, <laughs> the way I, the way they show themselves to me typically are the way they looked what, when they were incarnate or, or present in their physical bodies. So that's typically how I see them, and a lot of times, Michael, are you familiar with sitting in the power? Have you heard of that? No, but please explain. Okay, so. It still takes me a while to understand this, and I I apologize to your listeners if I can't articulate this properly, but sitting in the power is done by a lot of mediums as exercises, and that's also great for people who don't do mediumship, who are just intuitive readers as well, but it's really about sitting in the power is, is connecting to your light, your own energy, but also reaching out to the energy field outside of us. So that our energy is merging with spirit's energy. And when I mean spirit, I mean like not a spirit, but the intelligence kind of force of the universe or spirit. Mm. So it's almost like this merging. And when you do it, you can you can feel like your light inside you kind of growing inside your core, inside your body. And then I kind of visualize it pushing out of my energy field outside of my body and then as I feel it pushing out and out, I also see the spirit world coming closer to me. So it's almost like we're a lighthouse, we're a magnet, and then we're blending with the energy field, I guess, of consciousness, of, of this the spirit energy. And when you do that, you're truly sitting in the power. When I do that, I'm just feeling so much light. And by the afterwards, it's just like you're almost like on a high of like light energy. It's pretty awesome. You articulated that really well. I pictured it (laughs) so clear in my mind. I actually had this weird image in my head, and I don't know if this is kind of what you're explaining, but it was almost like I pictured a container of liquid, right? And it's like underwater, so it's submerged. And if the border of that came off, 
you would probably see kind of like if the liquid inside was one color and the water outside was clear, you would probably start to see like the edges blur where it's connecting, but you could still see that they're separate. So it's kind of what I pictured in my head was like this drop of dye into a water cup. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. Well, I'm glad. That's really interesting. I'm going to try that. Thank you for articulating that. So since you are so well-spoken, I'm really excited to hear that you have a new podcast coming out. Yes. Yes. So I have a brand new podcast coming out and it's called the Spirit Guided Life Podcast. And it's going to be out Thursday, uh, October 3rd. And um, I'm really happy to, it's something I kind of was thinking about for a long time. And it's, I'm going to be sharing a lot more openly than I have on social media and in videos. And I really kind of want to dive deeper into um, more personal subjects to help, you know, inspire people and share some intuitive insights. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. That sounds great. So it's not just about all things spiritual. It's like personal life mixed with spirituality. That is so great. And actually that timing is perfect because your episode will be airing on Wednesday the 2nd. So listeners, Alex's podcast comes out tomorrow. Make sure that you check that out. And I can't wait to have you on. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that. So I'm sorry to keep bouncing around, but all these like crazy questions keep popping into my head. If you were to, you don't have to give away your whole course, but if you were to (laughs) give someone the one piece of advice that really helped you connect with your intuition and just totally dive deep into the world that you're in now, what would you say is probably your best piece of advice? My best, let's see, that's tough, but I guess I would tell people to think of intuition like a little pulse, like this little steady pulse that just kind of flickers. It's constantly there, never stops, always going, and it's quiet. So it's all about finding that rhythm of your intuitive pulse, your inner GPS. So subtle, Michael, it's so subtle, and that's why people don't think it's happening. They, they think they're, they're waiting, I think, for this outside experience, you know, this booming voice or like the, ma- the massive download I had, which is mm-hmm. rare. That doesn't happen all the time. It's, it's really quiet. So it's just really focusing and tuning in to that little pulse that's always there. And your intuition is available 247. It never stops. That is a really, really good piece of advice because I can tell you... I say similar things to people, but I never think to tell them that it's quiet or that yeah. it's always there. And was just like, oh, just listen, you know, but mm-hmm. to be so specific and say, listen, it's probably going to be quiet. Yeah. Because um, I'm like you, you know, for me, I have had those loud, booming experiences. Right. Uh, where it's like, all right, here you go. It's in your face. You can't ignore it. And I just always kind of expect that it would be similar for others, but quiet it definitely is a lot so aside from tapping into your intuition and uh, all of that do you have any really good like little pieces of advice or things that have been handed to you along your journey that stand out to you or that you think about a lot 
I think it's just, you know, I've just always been a seeker. I've always been uh, looking for knowledge. So I think it's just about, you know, never stop learning. And there's, there's so many amazing teachers out there, but I think the kind of age of the guru has shifted and it's all about, I think, finding your own inner guru, but, but just keep learning and, and seeking Take classes. If you're interested in something, take a workshop, go to a, you know, a class, host a meetup. I mean, I started a meetup um, a while ago and uh, it's kind of defunct now, but I mean, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many things out there and uh, just keep on. Yeah, that is actually, that's really, really good advice too. Do you have any go-tos for where you get your knowledge from or where you like to pull from? Any, like, teachers that really stand out to you? I think that uh, Sonia Choquette is, is, like, the mother of intuitive teaching. So people want to really learn more about intuition. I, I, her stuff is great. Right now, I've been at the tail end of a year-long mentorship program with Alana Fairchild. Um, yeah. And amazing. She has a program called Sacred Guidance, Sacred Mentoring. I highly recommend it. But her work on angels and the divine feminine really resonates with me. So I encourage people to check out her work as well. The divine feminine, really, I didn't expect you to say that. Would you say that you connect deeper with divine feminine? Yeah, you know, it's funny talking about like going backtracking for a second about like, you know, my Jewish upbringing. Even as a kid, I was always fascinated with like Mother Mary and this, the Catholic saints, I was always just kind of like, really just sparked something in me. Mm. So, you know, recently, like the past year, I've just been kind of like learning as much as I can about divine feminine energy, but specifically connecting and, and, and researching and reading about Mary. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just uh, very fascinated with that. That's really interesting to me that you said Mother Mary because you started the phrase with going back to my Jewish upbringing and then you said Mother Mary. I totally thought you were going to say, and I'm going to mispronounce this, the Shekinah, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. Right? Isn't, I believe, I could totally be wrong, that it, the essentially like the Holy Spirit aspect, um, but from a female perspective, is that not, is that true? Do you know anything about that? Don't, I'm, I'm a bad Jew right now. I don't. No, no, that's you. totally fine. I, I started asking you the question and then I realized like, mm, I shouldn't assume. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I learned about it specifically from, are you familiar with Kyle Gray? Yes. I feel like that's a dumb question to ask an intuitive, yeah. but I believe it's the keepers of the light. Mm-hmm. Um, he has one in there and it says uh, Shekinah on it and it's got the traditional dove but it has a woman's face. And I'm, if I understand correctly, it's the Holy Spirit aspect in Judaism is viewed as a female energy or like the word for it is a feminine word, mm. um, which to me was always, I was like, I'm going to be Jewish. So it's funny that you were like, you, you were looking at yeah. Catholic saints and Mother Mary. And meanwhile, like me as a kid was like, but wait, the Jewish Holy Spirit's a woman. Yeah, that's funny, huh? So I was not expecting you to say Mother Mary. So interesting. Um, is there something specific that draws you to her? Just the energy, you know, and I feel like the more I kind of dive into her, 
the more I see her places, like like I'll go. I was at um, botanical gardens recently, and I was just it was like a regular garden, and all of a sudden they like I walked along this little path, and they had a whole Mother Mary section, and I was like, whoa! I would not expect to see that in the botanical gardens, and it wasn't like it was a religious garden. You know, there's no affiliation. But, you know, I'll just start seeing like that, like that happened. And, you know, it's like when you see 11-11 or numbers, the more I think you kind of dive into something that really vibrates with kind of what you're going through, the universe starts to give you more of it. I, I'm not sure what the message is for me right now, but I know her teachings just really resonate with me. Hmm. So in your spiritual path, do you work specifically like with some uh, deities or figures or, uh, you know, specific people like mother mary or do you find that you're kind of more one of those like inner work self higher self people i think it's both i think i know i have my main spirit team that's my go-to team when i'm doing readings but I, you know i i i know my three main guides i work with and you know, my angel team I, I call them so i haven't really brought in ascended masters yet into my my daily practice or for my reading practice but I just kind of will take nuggets of them and just read a little bit about them and, and meditate, but it's, they're not, it's not blended yet into my work. Right. It's more the knowledge or the idea of just that, like you said, that seeking knowledge, still learning, always figuring it out. You said that you have like a spirit team or like an angel team. Is that um, just something that you channeled or how? So I've always um, feel like I connected from the beginning of my work, what so many people have, I'm sure, with Archangel Michael and Archangel Haniel, um, I, I find her to be an amazing Archangel to work with to help open up all of our intuitive faculties. And I also have three spirit guides, and they help me and uh, get me through my readings and keep my energy uplifted and stuff. So, yeah, they have just they just came to me over the years, and they've always stood by me and... Uh, and then I also bring in the angel energy too. Interesting. Do you find in readings with people that sometimes their guides come through and do you ever share that? Like, hey, by the way, you have this guide or that guide. Yeah. Or do you just kind of keep that to yourself? No, I definitely share it. I think I think that's fun for people to, to, to get the validation. I mean, for instance, one of my guides, her name is Leah. And when I first got her name, Leah, I'm like, okay, that's like not very like, you know, you think of some of the spirit guys' names as like very like, you know, whimsical. Mm -hmm. Leah, whatever, I'll I'll take it. She's my guide. And then I got a reading with another reader and she was like, you know, you have a main guide named Leah. I was like, I know. (laughs) I'm like, like, no, like, it's not just me, you know? Cause you know, I think sometimes we're the biggest skeptics, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's is this real? Like, you know, I'm really doing this. So that was awesome validation. But so I love to bring that through. If I'm getting information on their guides, definitely want to relay them that message to, to them. Do you find that that got easier for you after you dove a little bit deeper into mediumship or was that happening before mediumship as well? Uh, it was happening before, but it certainly has gotten easier since, since the mediumship. I always wonder where those lines kind of cross over you know, from spirit guides and angels into like past loved ones. Cause I know they're two, they're definitely two different kinds of energy. I yeah. guess you could say. It's totally um, different. And I, for me, it, it begins with the intention. So when I'm doing a mediumship reading, 
my intention is has no angel stuff. There's no spirit guides. There's no psychic work. It's just my intentionality to connect from this world to the next to bring through messages of hope, inspiration, guidance for the person on the other end. So that's all I'm focused on is just their departed loved ones. Whereas more psychic intuitive work, it's kind of more free flow. So sometimes I may get guidance that feels more angelic. Other other times it feels more like this is a spirit guide. And then then I'll come then that will come through. Mm. So when someone, for example, books a session with you, they kind of choose between the two. So they either come to you saying, hey, I want mediumship or hey, I want uh, more of a spirit guided session. Interesting. Um, I know that some people completely separate that work. Like it is one or the other because they have to put themselves in two very different spaces. Do you find it's easy for you to transition back and forth or are you one of those, I do them separate, they are two different things at all times? Yeah, I pretty much do them separate. And, and and I didn't always, but after taking some courses and, and working, I realized like your energy goes back and forth so much. And for me to sustain and keep kind of like practice good psychic hygiene, mm. it, it's too taxing energetically to go from the high vibration of the angelic realm to a lower, and I don't mean low as in bad, but it's a denser energy from yeah from departed loved ones and then going to psychic it's like you're on a roller coaster and it's really hard to maintain that space so that's why i separate it really to help me my energy um and to try and bring through the best messages when i'm trying to blend them and do a hybrid i feel like i'm not doing justice to the spirit world and to you know the guides and to the client so that's why i kind of separate it out I started that like poetry snapping thing when you said spiritual hygiene or psychic hygiene. Uh-huh. I have never heard that phrase. Like I feel it and I understand yeah. it and it's something that's in my mind, but I've never had someone just flat out call it yeah. psychic or spiritual hygiene. It's true. Do you have other things that you make sure are like a hygienic practice? Like what else does that look mm-hmm. like for you? I guess I just, it depends on how I'm feeling and doing, you know, last night I did a really great clearing bath. So if I'm feeling like really overwhelmed or, you know, just extra stressed or kind of drained, my favorite recipe for clearing bath, it's super simple. Uh, It's just sea salt and baking soda and just soak in warm water and a hot tub. And it really does that combination of the sea salt and the Baking soda mimics the pH of the ocean. So that's why I love that combo. Super clearing. And, you know, you can always add essential oil, oils or flowers or, you know, jazz it up if you want. But So hypothetically, if one were to um, do this later today, yeah. do you have to put a lot of sea salt and baking soda? Is this fairly easy to find online? I would just do an equal amount, you know? I don't think you have to do too much, but... Uh, because I may or may not have both of those ingredients and I may or may not do that as soon as we get (laughs) off this call. Cool. And do you have anything that you do um, like in your readings or in your space to keep your space clear during readings? Um, I have my uh, crystals with me that I keep that are, it's funny, I have like crystals that are just designated as like my reading crystals and they have nothing to do with the actual reading, but I just love having them in my space when Mm -hmm. I do. 
Do you have that? Do you find I it? do. I have one piece of, it's actually Labradorite that I keep with me during readings and it's fairly heavy. Um, so I, if I'm like out traveling, I'm always super cautious about taking it with me to do readings out in public, but there's just something about having it in my space. So I get that. Yeah. I have, you know, pictures of like my family and like, 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 you know, stuff that makes me feel good. And, um, I have a little Kuan Yin statue and, uh, and then I just kind of plug in, but I think, it's, you know, I try not to get too rigid in my practice with readings, you know, because if I am, you know, traveling or, or doing readings in another space or a store or like, you know, a platform mediumship event, you know, I have to be able to hold space really anywhere and try and be flexible with that. Yeah. I appreciate your approach to that because that, I mean, it resonates with me. I'm very similar. People always ask me, you know, like, what's your ritual? What's your process? And I'm like, I mean, sometimes I have, you know, a few minutes to prep my space and other times I sit down and like clear space with my forearm off whatever busy tables in front of me and we go for it. So I just always like to find out what that looks like for other people. Yeah. And music too. I have like playlists that really help me like, you know, amp up the energy, find that helps a lot. Do you go for traditional like uh, meditation style music or do you have a really interesting like pop playlist? (laughs) Yeah, just like pop, super upbeat, you know, something that's just going to lift up my energy. Um, I think meditation music is awesome, but it's almost too calming. I feel like it's going to take me down a little bit and I want to rev up that energy before reading. I love that. I always sometimes get nervous if people were to look down at my phone and see what I'm listening to as I'm doing a reading. They would be like, is that Sarah Bareilles? Are you yeah. listening to Regina Spector? And I'm like, yeah, it really gets me in sp- Like, it makes me feel good. So yeah. I'm so glad to hear other people say that or admit it because totally. I, I always kind of feel that pressure to, you know, fit in the box of I listen to meditation music, I light some right. incense, I put out a beautiful crystal quartz grid. I don't have time for all that sometimes. So <laughs> so before I let you go, I'm going to try this question one last time because I feel like it's going to be good. Do you have anything that you really want to share or anything that's on your heart that you would like to share with the listeners? I think that right now, like where we are kind of collectively, it's so important for people, I believe, to use their voices. And so I would just encourage people like you, we all have stuff that's valuable. We all can help and and teach and inspire. So use your voice. Don't, don't silence yourself. Not, not in the times we're in now people, we need to speak up more and, um, and it come from a place of love, right. And heart centeredness, but use your voice. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I second that. So before I let you go, if people want to find you on the internet, follow you, become your new best friend, where can they find you? Well, I'm definitely always taking new best friend applications. <laughs> they can <laughs> find me over at Instagram where I hang out most of the time at alexlevy underscore intuitive and also my website at alexlevyonline.com. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to have you back on the show because you're Aww. just... Um, you're just so filled with great knowledge and insight. And I really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. This is an honor. I'm so glad I could do this with you. Of course. Well, I look forward to hearing your podcast coming out tomorrow. Um, And again, thank you for being here. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, that was my chat with Alex. 
And I'd like to say thank you to Alex one more time for sharing your story and your light with us. You really are out there making a difference in people's lives, and I hope that that light is truly being reflected back to you. If you want to stay connected with Alex, you can find his information in the episode notes below. Please make sure that you take a minute to check out his brand new podcast, The Spirit Guided Life, which is coming out tomorrow, October 3rd. And in the meantime, you can also check out Alex's Oracle deck, The Spirit Guided Oracle. Don't let your internet rabbit hole stop you there, though. You should also go find and follow me wherever you indulge on the internet, be it Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find me at The Diviner Life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to stick around for more by clicking the subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. And also take a moment to leave me a top-notch rating or write me a review. If you feel empowered by today's conversation, you can also take a moment to share Let's Be Omnist with your friends, your family, your psychic, your tea leaf reader, whoever else you come in contact with today. Thanks again for listening. You are loved. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be Omnist. <laughs>